Hi there, I'm Carson Raymond, Director of Major Gifts at Darlington, and welcome to the Darlington Podcast. I'm thrilled to be joined today by Reagan Mackey Couch, Class of 98, and Leadership Darlington, Class of 2014. Reagan was a three-year boarding student from Atlanta. She serves as the principal team lead for the Reagan Mackey Real Estate Team. She and her team specialize in the sale and acquisition of residential properties in numerous locations in greater Atlanta, as well as across the state and region. She lives in Johns Creek with her husband, Cal, and their two children. Thanks for listening and enjoy. Welcome to the Darlington Podcast, a production of Darlington School in Rome, Georgia. Join us as we take a look inside and outside our classrooms and connect with students, teachers, alumni, and more. Hey, Reagan. Good morning. How are you doing? Good morning, Carson. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for taking the time to join me and, and, and touch base. I know we were so thrilled to have you uh, at our Atlanta Lunch and Learn concerning real estate and so appreciated your insights from that event and wanted to you know, touch base again. And, um, you know, always fun to, to have these chats. Uh, hope your summer's off to a wonderful start. It is for sure. Well, what we're going to do is talk a little bit about Darlington and then uh, really kind of, you know, your path to Darlington, some reflections from your time here. And then I just want to jump in again on the on the bulk of our chat, which will concern your thoughts and expertise in real estate. So um, as was noted in the introduction, uh, you, you are a member of the class of 98 leadership Darlington class of 2014. Reagan, take us back to when you arrived as a boarding student at Darlington. I guess that would have been the your sophomore year, the, the fall of 95. Yeah. That's so great. tell us how you landed here. Why Darlington? How did it all come to fruition? So my older cousin, um, mm -hmm. who I love and adore, um, always looked up to as a child, um, mm -hmm. attended Darlington. And when I came in 95, she was a senior, I believe. And um, so I, I visited Darlington, I guess, the year before. And it was just kind of one of those things where both of my parents um, were super busy in their real estate careers and there were four kids at home. And honestly, I think that it was just a needed change. Like mm -hmm. I needed a little bit more from um, an academic standpoint. And we mm -hmm. had moved halfway between my freshman year from one school district to another and wasn't really wanting and feeling of going to a new high school here locally. So I went up to visit her at Darlington, took a tour and fell in love. And oh, that's incredible. And, yeah. and, and yeah, um, again, we, we reference the fact, of course, we're, we're boarding. And so tell me about the setup then. I mean, of course, we have the, the, the house system now. Right. So you were in which dorm? Walk me through that. Who was your maybe dorm mom or dad? I don't know the terms that were used in that. In that yes. Yeah, so um, I started in part uh, persons dorm yeah. and um, it was the Ortegas were our house managers or whatever you want to no. call them. Right. Former faculty. Right. Yeah. yeah. And um, so that's where I started. And it was just a great experience. I'll tell you, I was so nervous, like packing. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was a little bit of excited nerves and a little bit of yeah. nervous nerves, but um, packing everything up to kind of go away and live in a totally new city with just knowing my cousin. Um, yeah, it was just, I was in the back seat of of the car and <laughs> off we went to go move me into my new place. Yes. Yeah. Well, I know you flourished in the, in the, it, 
think I, I uh, before our chat, I'd, I'd seen you, you were you were an RA. You worked in the residence life. You were like you were a dorm leader, affectionately known now as a, a prefect or a proctor on the halls, right? But um, tell me, tell me about that. Was that a you jumped in? I guess maybe like uh, second semester of your first year, or is that more of a senior senior year role that you had? Um, so no, I was there for all of my sophomore year. Um, as a junior, I became an RA, cool. um, and I moved over to Trapeer and lived on the third floor of Trapeer. Got which it. Was really cool. Um, sure. Just uh, you know, the the rooms were just a different dynamic up there on the third floor, um, sure. but it was fun. And um, then I was also an RA my senior year as well. Oh, I love on that. The first well, floor. Aside from you already referenced, of course the. You know, academic challenge as such that you, you were craving something a little more. And so it's a given, of course, I guess, that you know, your classes had, had a little more intensity perhaps than what you were, were having at your home high school in Atlanta. And so um, is there a favorite class? I hate to necessarily rank and file that, but, you know, uh, whether the material and or the instructor that made that you, you reflect back is like, yeah, that was the greatest. I loved that class. Um. I don't know if I had like an actual favorite class because school was really not my like Your jam. <laughs> it really wasn't like yeah, I yeah, yeah. I'm far more like you know street smart than I am book smart. Got I'll it. say that. But um, I think just the overall experience of being mm -hmm. a boarding student and the relationships that were formed, um, the teachers that were there to support and guide you along the way. Mm -hmm. Um, those relationships were super important to me. So, you know, it was just all encompassing. Totally. And, and from the activities you were involved in, you were cheering again, you're an RA, all, the whole experience is one of those that all made sense. And you've stayed involved, right? I mentioned leadership Darlington, but um, member of the alumni council, obviously speaking on panels. So um, of course I come with a message of thank you for staying involved uh, means a world to us, but um, are you still in touch with any, maybe of your specific classmates or some of your contemporaries that were whether boarding or day students from your era? Yeah. You know, I wasn't one of those classmates that like had a click, if you will. Um, okay. I kind of like had friends of all different types in, um, mm -hmm. in my years at Darlington. So, mm -hmm. I would say, yes, I have a couple that I still remain in close contact with. Um, awesome. And then others that, you know, are kind of like Facebook friends and we keep in touch and I try to reach out and ask how they're doing. And then there's several that I have actually had the pleasure of doing business with um, over Very the course good. of our adult life. And some, some of them have even referred their parents to me and then others mm -hmm. like, you know, another friend and classmate out in California who called and said, hey, I'm going to be buying a house in San Francisco and I need a, a referral of an agent out here. Who do you know? And so, yeah, just it's it's nice knowing that people trust me in my profession and totally. come back for for advice. Well, that's a perfect segue into really kind of chatting about real estate and um, you bring multiple decades of experience to the table. Um Give me the quick snapshot, uh, of course, and we learned this uh, and had some insights from the panel back in April in Atlanta um, of, of the you're, you're, you're on the residential side of things, I know. But like just for scale and scope, maybe for you know those listening to say, OK, what does that really mean and how much business y'all are doing annually, uh, the team that you manage? Maybe give us some insights as to kind of the 
the, the scale and scope of real estate for, for your team? Yeah. So I'm in my 22nd year Amazing. as a licensed agent. And so this is really all that I know in, mm. in my business life. Um, totally. And it's, it's just a passion that runs deep. I think I've always kind of been set out to be an entrepreneur. So mm -hmm. um, kind of got involved, like I said, a little over 22 years ago um, in the when you were in school. Business. Right. Yeah. Right. And um, started helping my parents with, with their real estate business and starting on the admin side. And I really just was intrigued and passionate about it. So I went and got my license when I was 20 years old. So just a wow. couple of years out of, out of school. Um, but anyway, it kind of morphed into, you know, I run a team now, my own business. Um, I, I kind of um, parted ways with my parents, but I run my own organization now and we have about 15 agents on the team. Um, I have about four full-time admin staff that help run the, the back side of, of things totally. and um, then two part-time staff members. And um, so to give you an idea of like what we do annually, you know, we are licensed here in, in Georgia, but we work from, you know, the mountains down to the Georgia coast. Okay. And um, a couple of our agents, me included, are licensed in the state of Florida. Now, these numbers are just going to be for our Georgia, Georgia, but we moved 325 families last year and $95 million in residential volume. Wow. So, yeah, I mean, it's, we're not, we're not small time. We're um, according to real trends, which is part of the wall street journal, like ranking of, of realtors. We're the number six agent in the state of Georgia. That that's, that's phenomenal. And a lot of volume as, as, uh, <laughs> as is obviously quantified by the metrics and uh, organizations recognizing how much work y'all have been doing. Tell me where you gave a quick geographic snapshot of the whole breadth of where y'all are working. Where's the bulk of the work that you're doing though? Greater Atlanta. Am I right on that? Yeah. Greater Atlanta. Um, okay. yeah, that's, that's the bulk of the work. Um, I do have a team that's, you know, in Savannah. Um, so I do have feet on the street in Savannah and then my husband okay. and I own a home in on St. Simon's. So, you know, we have a passion of that area as well. And so helping people find a second home or, whatever is, is something that we enjoy doing as well. Very good. Rain, I'm curious as such, and these are some topics that came up during the panel. So I know, um, part, pardon the really kind of broken record here with them, but I just thought your answers were so wonderful. And for the, whether new time buyer or someone who's been a homeowner for 10 to 15 years. And then on the, on the flip side of that, those that are selling, can you give me kind of the blanket, and, and I'm saying regardless of location, regardless of what the home's been valued at, so forth, give me kind of the the two to three comments or dynamics you're telling buyers right now and that you're telling sellers through the process with the current state of market and so forth. After obviously multiple decades worth of experience, you would say, hey, A, B, and C and A, B, and C for, for both the, the seller and the, and the buyer. Yeah. So from a buyer's perspective, I would say that if you are looking to make a move, like now is still a really good time to okay. go ahead and pull that trigger. Um, you know, during the pandemic, 
the mm -hmm. feds lowered those interest rates to an all-time low, like historically low two, right. 3%, right? Exactly. And so as the interest rates are, are increasing now and will continue to increase throughout the year, mm -hmm. some people are getting a little gun shy and they're thinking, oh my gosh, rates are getting high. Well, historically speaking, rates are still historically low. Like when I got into the business 22 right. years ago, rates were in the sixes and sevens. So right. we're still in the fives, like rates are still really, really low. Money is cheap. So mm -hmm. my recommendation is if you're looking to buy, buy now, like keep okay. going at it, get what you can get. Because again, real estate has proven to be an incredible asset. Like, you know, it's going to go up in value. It's hardly ever going to decrease in value. My okay. husband and I are still purchasing investment property. Wow. So as an investor, you know, you would think that, oh, well, if the market's super hot or if your prices that are an all time high, you know, they say for investors, buy low, sell high. Right. Mm -hmm. well, we're still buying in this market because we feel like that the value of houses are just going to continue to go up. Yep. We've, the investment makes sense. Yep. Yeah. We've we've hit a new floor, you know, especially in the Atlanta market. Atlanta has been deemed unaffordable because of the rate that housing prices have increased over the last two years. Um, and it is sticker shock for a local, you know, who is seeing that now, you know, their house is, you know, they can't buy something as nice yep. as the one that they would be selling for the same price. But in all reality, we've hit a new floor in mm -hmm. the Atlanta market. Prices mm -hmm. are going to continue to go up. So are interest rates. So if you're looking to buy, now's the time. Got it. And then on the sell side, <laughs> I guess. What, yeah. What so, um, so what I tend to tell people on the sales side is again, kind of the golden rule in investing is buy low, sell high. Yep. So if you can stomach, you know, selling and doing mm -hmm. something temporarily, yeah. or if you're looking to possibly move to a completely different market, Yep. Um, out of state or maybe move further out where you can get more bang for your buck. My recommendation is to do that now as well. Um, the it. market has started shifting, at least in our market, we have started seeing a shift. Um, why? Probably because interest rates have jumped up a little bit. Yep. Um, also, you know, it's kind of like the stock market has done some crazy things. And yep. so, I think that people have put on some breaks and some buyers who have gotten frustrated with losing out on multiple offers have kind of put the brakes on things. Totally. But um, we are in the summer months and, um, you know, while we're not seeing 50 offers on a house and we're not seeing a hundred thousand dollars offers, a hundred thousand dollars over list, right. we are still seeing strong, strong offers. And, you know, I mean, we're going to start getting back to more of a normal market probably in the months to come. Got it. Well, I'm curious the areas of growth, and this is uh, of course specific to one marketplace, but um, as so many, as you're well aware of the of Darlington community is in greater Rome and greater Atlanta, um, where the largest areas of growth as communities kind of like they're, they're just exploding. You'd say if you, if you have, the liquidity to invest in a certain area of town in Atlanta, where are those areas? Where would you pinpoint? You say 
that, you know, we see it now and it's just going to continue. What Meaning, I don't mean specific neighborhoods, I mean more areas of town. Right, you know, right. Where, where are those, Reagan? So anywhere where the school districts are highly sought after. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm in the Johns Creek area and it came out, you know, just a couple of weeks ago on safer.com that Johns Creek was the number one safest city in the state of Georgia. Wow. And then another article that I read um, stated that Johns Creek had an 8.3% increase in prices just quarter one of 2022. Wow. So you know, in those areas, those sought after areas that you're talking about where the school districts are superb, where they're great education and great sports, mm-hmm. um, those areas are going to be more demand, higher demand. And so mm-hmm. that's where you're going to see the prices um, increasing the most. Very good. There was this question, too, during the panel concerning um, and, and it was it was it was based on perhaps anecdotal insights as such of. Kind of this uh, exodus from the major metropolitan areas, whether that's San Francisco, Chicago, New York, coming to maybe kind of the, the smaller, more provincial areas. And of course, someone then would follow up with, and you know, my neighbor moved from, from Manhattan to XYZ town. Maybe give some insights regionally as such what you're seeing. Is there a, is there a mass exodus from the, the metro Atlanta area to to the Rome area, to XYZ town in North Georgia or otherwise, to down to St. Simons, right? Or is it more of, you know, kind of like one-offs as such that the growth still is happening um, in, 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 in Atlanta? Um, maybe give some insights on that. Yeah, I just think that, um, you know, historically speaking, um, Atlanta has been the most affordable big city in the entire country for Mm -hmm. quite some time. Mm -hmm. I mean, we have been extremely undervalued um, with the regards to pricing of of housing in the Atlanta market. And so when the pandemic happened and all these companies went to a work from home type atmosphere um, and then, you know, the, the employees have been told, Hey, listen, we're not going to bring you back to your Google office or to, you know, your Amazon workspace in the city that they were located in. Um, A lot of those people have kind of ventured to wanting a better climate or wanting a better price um, affordability for living. And so a lot of them have also wanted to maintain like that big city lifestyle. And so Atlanta affords all those things. Totally. And um, so I wouldn't say that there's like a huge mass exodus with regards to Atlanta. Got it. But the Atlanta market and demographic and, you know, for, for whatever reason has has changed a lot as well. So maybe if they have been living in in the city, they mm-hmm. want to get out to maybe, you know, a lifestyle at a country club or a gated golf community or something where, you know, their family is on a little bit better, larger piece of land with more, you know, more amenities, if you will. Got it. So we, we did see a lot of that during the pandemic, but now that we've had an influx and we are seeing an influx from cities like Seattle, you know, from Chicago, from California and New York, you know, all of those people are, a lot of those people are coming to the Atlanta metro area. 
And when they see what they can afford here mm -hmm. and what they can get for the price that they sold for in those areas, they're, they're just flabbergasted because mm -hmm. they never envisioned that they would be able to get a $2 million house here mm -hmm. with, you know, 15,000 square feet or, or whatever it offers, you know? Right. That's no, amazing. The shifts. Um, well, very good. Um, I want to I want to touch on really kind of the whole kind of like entry point. You mentioned your path to working in real estate, and uh, we we had had two other panelists join you down in Atlanta, which I just thought was really cool to kind of hear the the difference of um, both both y'all's um, grad years, right? Because we had um, right. folks from different generations from Darlington speaking on the panel, but also the work that they were doing and. Uh, one of the young alums that pivoted in recently to real estate had a particular path, but you, your your advice to someone, um, whether a young grad or decades into their career looking to shift or do it in tandem with their current, I mean, I I, I know, goodness, I have some buddies that, that do that, right? I mean, it's kind of their side hustle in many ways. Right. Um, what are the, the, the really kind of concrete steps you'd recommend as as uh, getting involved in, in, in working in the, in the real estate game? Yeah. So, I mean, you know, this is my profession. It's my career right. um, full time for for 22 years. And so what I would just recommend is if, you know, if real estate is a passion of yours, I would make sure that you're getting in for all the right reasons. Hmm. Um, a lot of people think that, oh, this is like some glamorous career where you can make, you know, tens of thousands of dollars on a transaction, but just they, like that, right? Yeah. Just like, you know, with the sale of a house. And if you can just get one or two of those a year, then you're, you know, you're sitting on gold, whatever. But, um, there's so much that goes into a transaction and right. you are dealing with people's biggest financial decision in totally. most cases at that point in time in their life. Right. Now, if you're working from a buyer standpoint, I mean, somebody can make a huge, bad financial decision that can affect the trajectory of their financial life for years and years to come if they make a bad decision. So, right. you know, it's super important to, um, in my opinion, to work with a professional who has, you know, you know, cut their teeth in the business who don't have to like rely on other people to kind of get answers. And then from the seller's perspective, you know, that's a totally separate type of client. You're dealing with making sure that they understand that you're going to work so hard to protect every penny of equity that they have in that home. Of course. Right. And so um, working with a professional, I would say, I'm personally not a fan of doing real estate as a side hustle just because you are dealing with people's biggest financial decisions. Um, but if you're interested in getting in, make sure that you're truly invested in doing what's right for the clients, not for the paycheck. Hmm. Um, because, Uh-oh. you know, yeah. it can, it can be a nice payday if, you know, but, but at the end of the day, it's truly, you have to do what's right for the clients always first and foremost certainly well and it, it's it's apparent that with that mentality you've built such a robust network and the story you shared at the front end of our chat i mean receiving a call from someone on 
3,000 miles away, right, for a referral. I mean, so much of it, as is much in the, in the professional realm, built on on that um, on that integrity of work. Right. right? And, right. Um, and so as far as uh, anyone who's interested, I'd imagine you'd be welcome to having a chat with someone to give them some insights. Very good. Yeah. Uh, in fact, I've, I've had a chat with um, Jordan since yeah. the, um, since our panel. So I love, I love hearing that. Right. Darlington connects fully at work. That's, That's so great. Right. Um, well, Reagan, I'm so appreciative of you taking the time uh, with everything you shared with us. Uh, anyone can connect the dots to realize you are very busy. So thanks for taking some time out of the start of your week to connect with me. We're most appreciative of all that you give back to the school and we wish you um, only continued successes and um, you know, before too long, perhaps um, uh, additional members of the Darlington community might be a part of your team, right? They might be and, and working, working for you in the game, which is wonderful. And we'll hope to connect with you soon. Thanks so much for taking some time out of your week, your month to connect and uh, best wishes moving forward. All right. Thanks again. Thank you. Thank you so much, Reagan, for being on today's podcast. And thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Darlington Podcast. Tune in each week wherever you like to listen to podcasts, and don't forget to subscribe. Check out today's show notes at www.darlingtonschool.org podcast. If you have questions about today's program or ideas for a future episode, please send an email to communications at darlingtonschool.org. The Darlington Podcast, a production of Darlington School in Rome, Georgia, is a collaboration between the communication, advancement, and IT teams, and the intro music is student-produced. See show notes and hear more episodes at www.darlingtonschool.org podcast.